Hello, you're listening to a sermon provided by the First Presbyterian Church of Mayopac. We worship on Sundays at 10 a.m., and you can watch us live either on Facebook or YouTube. And if you're in the area, there's always a seat saved for you. We hope that this message encourages you to continue growing in humility and faith. Thanks for listening. Our second reading this morning, which will be the primary focus of our meditation, comes to us from Paul's letter to the church in Thessalonica. So listen now to this reading from 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 13 to 18. But we do not want you to be uninformed, brothers and sisters, about those who have died, so that you may not grieve as others do who have no hope. For since we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so through Jesus, God will bring him those who have died. For this we declare to you by the word of the Lord, that we who are alive, who are left until the coming of the Lord, will by no means precede those who have died. For the Lord himself, with a cry of command, with the archangel's call, and with the sound of God's trumpet, will descend from heaven, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive, who are left, will be caught up in the clouds together with them, to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will be with you, be with the Lord forever. Therefore, encourage one another with these words. Friends, this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Amen. In one of the uh, strangest remakes of an already unique story, Tim Burton's retelling of Roald Dahl's Charlie and the Chocolate Factory includes this memorable line, uh, for me at least, where Willy Wonka goes out and greets them and says, good morning, starshine. The earth says, hello. Of course, I think this is actually a a quote of another song from the 60s, 70s, because that certainly feels like a 60s or 70s song. (laughs) But good morning, So good morning, the earth does say hello and is waiting for us. The planet is still spinning, the sun still shining, and the mandate from God to exude boundless care persists, persists regardless of where we may find ourselves this day. Because friends, there is still much that requires our attention There's much that still requires our attention, even as we now begin the healing process as a people. And what is it that requires our attention or that needs our focus? Well, the Lord asks for our devotion, devotion to causes that transcend any of our partisan or theological or cultural identities. And Jesus, who appears to us in the least of these, shows us that we have a long way to go in our ability to love one another, 
to care for the poor, the stranger, the brokenhearted, the oppressed, and the weary. These problems that we face will not disappear overnight or over the course of a week, and we cannot expect them to vanish in some miraculous second coming because such work is not for the angels or Jesus Christ alone. This morning, Paul is telling the church and us that the hard work of restoration begins here and now with us. It starts with you and me. So again, I say, let us say good morning and greet the day and the work that it brings. It isn't too often, though, that we rise to such a challenge. I'll admit that spewing vitriol and ignorance is a lot easier than sacrifice and inward contemplation and that kind of inward construction of bettering ourselves. But such pettiness doesn't lead anywhere. It's not really anything but a selfish manifestation of our unwillingness to dive deep within our hearts and change our very core, to make them gentler, more empathetic for the sake of others. Perhaps that's why we here in the States, or American Christians, have such a fascination with this idea of the second coming. Perhaps that's why it's so appealing, because if we can keep kicking our problems down the road and just sort of go on with this idea that Jesus will take care of it all, then why would I want to do any of the hard work? We should understand this morning, though, that Jesus, or that Paul, not Jesus, but Paul is not talking about the second coming in the same way that we here think about the second coming. People in uh, Thessalonica, and I still don't know why I have such a hard time pronouncing that, (laughs) they weren't concerned about the second coming the same way we were. They were concerned about their loved ones who died, which in Greek had the meaning of literally being asleep before the victory of Christ. It wasn't so much a concern about their loved ones being saved or not, but whether they would be part of the same community. Community. The people in the early church were worried about the status of their communities and if Christ would reconcile them together. We talk about community a lot, And we, especially as Presbyterians, we're good at talking. Clergy are especially not exempt from that. We're good at talking. But what have we done? What actions have we taken to make it tangibly a better place? How are you and I investing in one another? How are you and I investing in our faith families those services that provide for the needs of the poor? How are we investing in our children and their tomorrow and their futures? Because here is the simple truth, a truth that we cannot avoid, that the time for healing and caring and transformation is now 
just as it was the day before and the day before that. The time for healing and caring and transformation has always been now. That it's not some far-off time in the future where Jesus has taken care of everything for us, but it's here in the present where we find the beautiful blending of heaven and earth in our present time. And I say that because I think if we were to wait for Jesus' return and didn't work on anything in the interim, uh, I think Jesus would be a little disappointed (laughs) with what he would find. So where do we go then? And what does Paul mean when he talks about the words that we can use to encourage one another? Does Paul have some kind of insider information that we don't know about? Well, I don't think that's the case. But I do think that Paul is reminding us that amid the times of uncertainty we find ourselves, there is a need for us to experience God's reconciling power. God's reconciling power that is at work among us at this very moment. This reconciling power points us to the present goodness in our world and asks us to cultivate it, to nurture it, to take something that is already good and to make it even better for the future. You see, because each of us has a responsibility to contribute to this blending together of heaven and earth in our present time. Paul knew this, and Paul wanted the church then and us now to know that we cannot wait any longer to commit ourselves to this ministry, Christ's ministry of reconciliation and community building. The message we hear today is that Jesus leaves no one behind from Paul, that those who have died and are asleep will rejoin us at some point, will rejoin their beloved communities. But I think Paul emphasizes that that is in God's hands. And for us, we discover that our prime directive is not so much to care about the status of those who have come before us, but to focus on following in Jesus' footsteps. Footsteps that called out to sinners and saints and built something that went against all common sense. A community that went beyond all common sense. I think that we are all longing for something. We are longing for wholeness and healing and reconciliation. We are longing for righteousness and justice. And in partaking and participating in Christ's continuing work, we leave no one behind. And we can witness right in front of us the transformation of our hearts and our society and the families that we are a part of, the various social circles we are a part of. We can bear witness to the transformation of all those things as it happens right before our very eyes. For those times, though, where we find it difficult to overcome our fear or hate, Jesus steps into the frame and grants us strength. 
Jesus bridges the gap and provides the clarity we need to see what needs to be done, to see what we need ourselves. Love, divine love, is a large part of the solution. And I don't know about you, but my heart can't carry any more hate that some certainly do hold for those who might have differing opinions. I don't think our hearts were meant to carry so much hate. That's to say as well, though, that I don't want to minimize the legitimate pain and suffering that we have inflicted on one another. And it might be hard to forgive, but once again, that's where something divine enters into the picture. Because there has to be a way forward for us. And we can harbor all the hate and disdain in the world, but Jesus says, hand it over to me. Focus on the kingdom-building work that will shape the very ground underneath your feet. Perhaps I'm wrong, but I would go on a limb to say that many of us are tired. We're tired of the divisiveness, the toxicity we've seen. But outside, voices in the form of social media and pundits tell us that unless we want the world to collapse and you want a sinkhole to form underneath you, this is the only option. But I don't believe that's true. If we were to take a break, be still, hear the good morning star shine from the earth, and know that life continues to move, we will feel the presence of God showing us something new. And that here in this time, friends, the present and the future are in our hands. And as Paul would have told those in the church, the early church, our faith, which is a part of all this work, will reveal its fullness when we prepare for the future by making these efforts towards wholeness and restoration among our friends, our neighbors. When we work on that, we will see the fullness of our faith revealed. Don't you think it's time for us to embrace the new way of life that Jesus has set in front of us? Aren't we tired of the same old reasons of mistrust and hurt that we have tried on each other time and time again? Why don't we attempt to do the hard work of making ourselves better and our communities better in this present time and the future. The present and future building work Paul lays out requires our attention if we are to alter our communities and our culture from the inside out. This isn't something, as I said, that happens overnight. It takes a lot of effort. And this isn't something that happens simply by praying. 
It asks that we dig deep within ourselves and asks if we are willing to invest the kind of energy and effort that it means to faithfully live out the gospel message. That if our faith is not observable by the way we live and promote the common good, then we need to stop and ask ourselves where we went wrong. Because the gospel, the good, good news, offers us and our neighbors life. So let us say good morning. Get down and dirty in Christ's ministries of healing and restoration and justice and peace and make a better today for a better tomorrow. A better today and a better tomorrow for the planet, for others, and for ourselves as we follow in Christ's footsteps. Amen. Thanks again for listening, and we will hold you in prayer as we head into a new week. If you'd like to learn more about our church and ministry, or if you'd like to learn how you can support us, you can visit our website at mayopacchurch.org. Until next week, God bless.